I've just, I've just finished a book that has changed my view, my view of life. I know what you're thinking, it probably should be the Bible, but it's not. I've read that already, and that has changed my life. But the book that I read is this book uh, called Die, Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. Now, I don't agree with everything that's in the book, don't get me wrong, but it's a very thought-provoking book. Because the, the concept behind it is that you want to live your life to be a fulfilled life according to your values. To live your life according to your values and live it fully. Now, and of course, he maintains that to do that, we've got to get out of autopilot. That most all of us are in some form of autopilot just trudging along doing our, doing our thing. Now, the fundamental, isn't that what Lent is all about? Is to get us out of autopilot? To, to, to get us to think about our lives, to understand where are we at according to the gospel values. You see, um, he, um, he maintains to die with zero, you've got to really be thoughtful. You've got to look at and be mindful of where you're going to spend uh, your time, where you're going to spend your, your wealth, and where you're going to spend your health. What are you going to spend your life doing? Now look, there's, um, there's many different ways in which this book is really insightful, but let me just give you an example of what he, he gives an example of how to break this open. So he says that if to die with zero, then you've got to get out of this autopilot mode. And to do that, you've got to re-examine your life. And so he proposes this. Like, so let's just let's work at how much our net worth is when we die. So let's give you an example. Um, let's say our net worth is the house we live in. That's the only thing we have in our name. And let's say that that's, we live in California. So let's say it's $1 million, <laughs> right? Now up in California, where I'm living, it's $3 million, but that's, and I know some places it's less. But let's say you work and you got paid $100 an hour. That's $200,000 a year. Now I know if I'm well, very few of you get that much money. But let's just, for argument's sake, exaggerate this, right? So that $100 an hour, and you leave one million, leaves that you have, you have with 2,000 hours of work a week, you have 10,000 hours left that you didn't need to work to the end, which is, equates to five years of time that you worked that you didn't need to work to get to the end. Now, the logic behind this is that is there something else you could have spent your time on rather than just working? Could you have spent your time with your children, your spouse? Could you have spent your time serving the poor? So that's the thought-provoking thing that he does. Now, it's really extraordinary, but I want to highlight just two things in this book and then connect them to our scripture readings today. The first one is memory dividends, and the second one is time bucketing. Let's talk about memory dividends for a moment. So dividends work very simply, right? Is that when we invest money, we expect a dividend-backed return, right? It's a simple investment. You put $100 in, at the end of that year, you expect $105, 5% dividend. Let's call it a dividend. So what he's saying is, you have to be thoughtful about how is it 
you spend your time. We ought to look at time the same way we look at money. We ought to look at how am I spending my time and am I getting memory dividends back on how am I spend it? So for example, like instead of giving a, a, a gift to our children for Christmas, let's say it's money or just a gift, to give them an experience. Let's say like we're down here in Anaheim, let's say we take them to Disneyland, right? They're all going to remember that trip to Disneyland. Gonna remember the rides, the, the food, the hotel, and yes, the long lines. But they'll remember you. They'll remember how you were and the laughing and the, maybe the crying. But they'll remember that for a long time to come. So that's a memory dividend, not just for you, but also for your children. And if you do that, let's say year after year at the same time or, or every two or every five years, then your children will remember that and that pays dividends long after we have gone. Now that works whether it's for Disneyland or whether we take it to Hawaii or whether we take it to the desert. Or as Sister Rosalie said this morning, you take it to your grandparents' house and you experience that and they will remember, like Sister said this morning, she remembers every one of those and, and all her nieces and nephews and the greater, that's building memory dividends. But you see, now this brings me to the, the readings today. The first reading from the prophet Isaiah says that the Lord is not going to remember our fasting with ashes and sackcloth, but rather he's going to remember how we treated the poor and the disfranchised. He's going to remember how we treated the broken, the wounded, how we shared our bread, as Isaiah says, with the hungry, how we sheltered the oppressed, and the homeless, how we clothed the naked. See, these are not just memory dividends. These are divine memory dividends that last for all eternity. Let me give an example of this. Bishop Dave O'Connell. Bishop Dave O'Connell spent his entire life serving the disenfranchised the broken and the wounded, the immigrants. He shared his bread with those who had not. He fought for justice for those who did not, could not find a voice or did not have a voice. See, he spent his life, every last breath, giving it to divine memory dividends. So then the question is, how do we spend our time? Do we invest our time in memory dividends for our children, our family, and our friends? And are we willing to go one step more, one step deeper, and, and spend our time with those who are unhoused, those who have no voices, those who are not heard? Whether that be whether that be the unborn, whether that be youth and young adults, or whether that be the elderly, whether that be women in the church, or whether that be the broken in the church, whether that be LBGTQ, 
that we stand, give voice to their voices that they cannot be heard so that we not only produce memory dividends for them, but we provide and create divine memory dividends for all eternity, for all to remember. That brings me to the second point, time bucketing. Now, time bucketing is fundamentally is there's a time for everything. It's like Ecclesiastes, right? It's a, there's an appropriate time for everything. Like the way he gives an example of something that I can identify to is that when I was 19, I, I, um, I put on a 60-pound backpack and traveled all over Europe for a month on a Euro-L pass, sleeping at youth hostels all over in different cities all over Europe. It was an epic trip of which I remember almost every detail of with great, with great, um, with great excitement, with great memory. It was a memory dividend. Now, here's the thing. If you ask me to put on a 60-pound backpack now at, in my 50s, and I was going to go sleep in uh, different youth hostels with 30 other men who haven't showered, you know, I got to tell you, I'd pass. Not Euro pass, I would just simply pass. You see, there, what you would do in your 20s, you won't do in your 50s. Because you can't, or you won't. And what we do in our 50s, we, um, we won't do in our 70s. In other words, there is a time. There's an appropriate time for everything. This brings us to the gospel. Because you see, John's disciples come to Jesus and say, wait, 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 wait. I, I, well, how come we fast and the, the Pharisees fast? How come your disciples don't fast? And you see, he says to them pretty much, there's a time for everything. He says, it's not a time to fast now. Now is a time to feast. Oh, there will be a time, he says, when the bridegroom is gone. That's when they and all will fast. But until then, we need to feast. So then how are we meant to discern that time with which we are to feast or fast? How are we meant to figure that out? Well, enter the Lenten journey. We enter this Lenten journey so that we can figure and discern when is the appropriate time to do one thing or another. And so as we enter into this time, then we have to ask, say, what is this time for us? I think surely we could all agree that this is the time we need witnesses to our gospel. Surely this is a time when we need people to willing to stand up for kindness, a time for gentleness, a time for justice, a time for forgiveness, a time for peace, a time for love. You see, that's what this 40 days that we've just begun is all about. It's about grabbing this time, being mindful of this time, being present to this time and saying, this is our time as Christians to be Christian, to be kind, to be gentle, to be just, to be loving and forgiving. This is a time for prayer. This is a time 
for fasting. This is a time for almsgiving. So, is it our time? Are we ready as Trisha Omani Hoyt preached this morning that beautiful poem? Is it you? Is this our time? Because this is our time to create not just memories, but to create divine memory dividends that will last past our time into every generation from here to come, that we understood our time and we stood and we witnessed to the gospel. This, my friends, is our time to create divine memory dividends in how we act with justice for all. Today, every day is our time.